Welcome to Phoenix Rising. I am your host, Kaylee Montoya Houston. I am a certified personal trainer and online nutrition coach. I will be joined by my co-host, Julie Montoya Houston. This show will cover all aspects of fitness, including nutrition, exercise, and mindset to help you reach your goals at any stage of your journey. We will bring you science-based information to help you take charge of your fitness goals and give you the power to rise like a phoenix. Good morning, Carol. We got quite a few people on here today, so we're super excited to get to talk to you guys about progressive overload. It's super important. Julie's going to try to figure out something, maybe. Well, I guess we don't need to see our faces. We can totally just watch comments here. Aha! Julie figured it out. <laughs> I'm smart. Yeah. Okay. Now I don't. I don't need my phone. Now we got that. Well, I heard a lot of good morning, so I'm just going to assume you guys can hear us now. Um, this came about because Mickey was asking some questions. Um, she's part of the um, holiday accountability challenge, and she was talking a lot about different things about her calories. Um, started to talk about resistance training and asked how many days of the week you should work out. And um, All of them. <laughs> she's kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, but we're going to talk about what progressive overload is. Cause I feel like a lot of times I will just say progressive overload and I forget that not everybody quite understands what progressive overload is. And it's just a very simple concept. Basically you are progressively overloading your body over time. So you're going to continuously send that signal of challenge to your muscles, to your body, to your mind, to all of this. And that is the only way you will be able to build muscle after the initial, let's say six months period of lifting weights. Thankfully, a lot of people within the first six months of being introduced to resistance training, you will see progress no matter what you do. And this can be a blessing and a curse because you could go destroy yourself in the gym, you could go do uh, CrossFit, you could go do HIIT training, you could go do Zumba, and in the first six months, you're going to see results. And it almost gives you that false sense of belief that what you're doing is the best thing you could be doing until you get to the end of that six months. And now your body has stopped progressing, you're plateaued, and you may be even regressing in your progression instead, or instead of progressing. And then you're like, well, what, what am I doing? I was doing everything perfect. My body was working. And then you start to think, I'm just not disciplined enough. I'm doing all these things wrong. What is wrong with my body? Because a lot of times people don't talk about progressive overload. You see a lot of these influencers on IG here, do this workout. And it's some crazy mix of different exercises that are claiming is going to work certain parts of your body. And more than likely the ones that are showing that did not do those exercises to get where they, where they are. They're just very flashy, very catchy exercises that will get you to where you need to be. My body hates winter holiday accountability. I'm sorry, Alan. It is hard in the in the winter time, but that's why we wanted to do this during the holidays. And I'm glad I could read your mind because a lot of people, am I going to knock your water off? A lot of people think very similar and end up quitting or giving up in their journeys. And I got, I don't want that. So do you want to talk a little bit about that before we Seven. You're on a roll. Okay. All right. I feel like I'm talking a lot. You are. Uh, I know. It's more than you ever talked. So yeah. please carry on. <laughs> the floor is yours. Okay. 
All right, so like I said, the simple concept of progressive overload is a must if you want to continue to burn body fat and gain muscle. And your training will not change no matter if your focus is losing body fat or building muscle. You're going to train just as hard. You're going to train just as heavy as you would, and you're going to go through certain phases. So I'm not sure what that is. Sorry, I don't know what's... Hopefully you guys can hear us. Keyframe rate too low. I don't know what that means. Um, now I lost my train of thought. <clears throat> but if you are working with me as a client, and I do see a bunch of you on here that have either worked with me in the past or are working with me currently, you guys have already experienced some of the program that I give you. And you, you know that we, we touch every single body part. We do certain sets for certain reps. Should I be jealous? And we always progressively overload. So I'm always challenging you to either push heavier weight, push more reps, or add sets, because those are the three ways that you can progressively overload. So let's just take uh, an example on a squat. What? Oh, I didn't know what was going on. I thought you were confused about something. No, I was looking at, I made a joke, and then I looked over at him because he caught my eye because they ended sleeping in his little hoodie on a fleece blanket over here at okay. the fireplace, and then I was looking back at you. Okay, so I could just see your face moving around all crazy-like. Um, so there's three different ways, as I said, to progressively overload. So this is where you guys, I told you to bring a notepad because we, we kind of talk randomly in here, and I want you to take away some very actionable steps so you can actually go out and start implementing them today because that's the only way you're going to see results. And the three steps that you need to remember when it comes to progressive overload is you can either add weight to the already the exercises you're doing. You can simply add reps to the current exercise you're doing, or you can add sets, which means you can add total volume throughout the week. Those are all different ways you can progressively overload. And I suggest you do a mix of all three because in the beginning, it's very easy to add weight because we get stronger really quickly. Your CNS is adapting and improving and you will see a lot of strength gains in the beginning. But there comes a point where you can no longer add weight. I mean, Julie and I have been lifting weights for seven plus years now. We'd be lifting thousands of pounds by now if we could just continue to add weight. That'd so it, awesome. right? so it doesn't always happen like that. So let's say, let's take a big compound move and a squat. So let's say if you're just starting out, more than likely, you're either going to be doing a box squat, like a sitting down to a bench, or a body weight squat. So no added weight, and you're just going to do, let's say, reps of 15. So you're going to do 15 body weight squats. That's where you're going to start. Maybe you'll notice within three weeks, hey, I can really easily do 15 body weight squats right now where I don't feel challenged. And by I don't feel challenged, I want to think, think in your head that you only have two reps left to give at the end of that 15. So let's say you knock out 15 reps, but you feel like you could do 20. It's time to add weight. So simply hold on to a 10-pound dumbbell. That adds 10 pounds. You are progressively overloading and still continue to try to get 15. Maybe you can bump up to 20 pounds after a couple weeks, which in the beginning, those are big jumps and they're doable. Now, in the future those jumps are going to be more minute where you're only adding like two and a half pounds or five pounds. And then maybe next time, and so you add like, say that 20 pounds, and now you can only get 10 reps. You're still progressively over overloading because you're doing more weight for less reps. And then you continue to work on reps again until you can get to 15 and then you repeat the whole process over again. 
Now, when you, we work one on one, you notice a lot more things that change where we'll, we'll change the rep scheme and go heavier or we'll lighten the rep scheme and go heavier or add reps. Ooh, oh, gosh, now going down. <laughs> Sorry, we had a dog just almost roll off the side of the couch. <laughs> Got a little too comfy there, bud. Um, let's see here. I'm just going to read the comment while Julie is taking care of our doggo. Oh, Tara. Uh, so those of you on Facebook, uh, Alan, I feel you. I reached out to Kaylee to work back with her this winter because I struggle mentally with winter. So I'm hoping to get Julie on board with helping me with some mindset too. And I'm sure Julie will be right on board with that to help. That is definitely her area of expertise. But guys, I'm, I don't want to just keep uh, talking at you. I want to know if that is making sense, the progressive overload, and maybe some questions you might have about the progressive overload. And do you have anything to add to this? Um, no, I think progressive overload can always be accomplished. I don't think there's ever an end point. So if you're doing it correctly, um, if you have a program, so for, for example, let's just throw out some arbitrary numbers here. So let's say you have the bench press programmed in for eight to 12. Let's say your program says three sets of eight to 12 on the bench press. So to make it difficult, the first week you go in, Let's say you do 100 pounds on the bench press for eight reps. So if you can do eight reps, then the next time you should shoot for nine and then 10. And then once you hit to where you're doing 100 pounds at 12 reps, all three sets, the next thing you should do is then add weight and then go back down and start at eight. So then maybe you do 105 for eight reps, move it all the way up to 12, so on and so forth. And then when you get to where you absolutely cannot push any more weight for that eight to 12 reps, then you go back to whatever you can do comfortably at another set. Now, if you get to where you're just doing too much, you don't have time to add sets. The other thing I would do, and it's not actually considered progressive overload is make lightweight feel real heavy. And so make sure you're really focusing on the eccentric movement. So make sure you're really slowing down. So on that same bench press, you would make sure that it takes you two seconds to come down to your chest maybe pause at the bottom. That way you're not using momentum to get it off your chest. And then a one second up. And by you'll have to really lighten your load because by slowing down that eccentric, it's increasing your time under tension. So therefore it's making that lighter weight feel real heavy. So if you do feel like you're at a point where you cannot progressively overload on any certain movement, whether the weight's just too heavy, you're running out of time, whatever it is, you can always do things like that that make it more intense yeah so. exactly and alan did ask a question and he said you answered it basically so if you work out starts getting any easier or getting easy do you bump it up if you add too much do you go back to the last one you could do or somewhere in the middle yeah and <clears throat> i think maybe i did answer that yeah. so that's where i would just like i said change the tempo change, well i think what you could if it's too easy you can either add weight or do more reps or simply add another set. But if your workout is getting to where it's too long, if you only have an hour and it's starting to work into where it's getting to be more like an hour 15, maybe just slow it down and make it more difficult. Yeah, and there's always different exercises you can do. So, I mean, right now we're really just specifically talking about progressive overload here for this live, but switching up the exercises. So let's say if you, were, you got really strong at a squat and maybe your body was starting to talk back to you because I mean, a squat is a very, compound lift that works a lot of different joints and sometimes you can overdo it and you start to notice aches and pains 
So a lot of times then, let's say if we were training with us one-on-one, we're gonna switch it up and add a different movement in there to work your lower body. So that's when like a unilateral movement would come in extremely handy. So maybe you, you back off um, like bilateral squats for a while or back squats or whatever, and you start implementing the lunge because it is super easy to get a lot of work and a lot of challenge after in a lunge. So anybody who's done lunges on here can attest that even a body weight lunge for a beginner can be extremely hard to do and extremely challenging. So it's a very good move to progress because you can do a stationary lunge where you're just in a split position and just moving up and down. You can then move it to a reverse lunge. And so you get really good at that. You can do a forward lunge. You can do a walking lunge. You can do a rear foot elevated lunge, which is a Bulgarian split squat. And you can ask Tara on here how much she loves that move and how challenging it is. So all these different exercises are basically just progressions and they're ways to progressively overload certain movements and certain body parts. And yes, you know, is the greatest, not, yes, it is very necessary, especially if you want fat loss, because we, I think what prompted this question was Mickey saw a video of mine that I made talking about the best form of cardio for fat loss and how I refer to there, there is none when, except for walking, of course, is what the conclusion of that video came to. Uh, our bodies adapt to, cardi- to cardio extremely well, extremely easy. And when we do cardio, your body will not prioritize keeping muscle on your body. It wants to use it up because it it's not required for cardio. So your body's very smart, very adaptive. And if you throw too much cardio at it and you're under eating, your body's gonna be like, hey, let's get rid of this muscle. It's expensive for these calories and let's keep all this body fat we have because it takes very little calories to sustain body fat and a lot more calories to sustain muscle because what is the, the analogy you use when it comes to the car? You wanna be a suburban, not a Prius. Yeah, exactly. A suburbans take up a lot of gas, hence a lot of calories and a Prius takes up very little calories. And if you do a lot of cardio, You've turned your body into a Prius, and we don't want that. At least I don't want that because I enjoy food. I I enjoy having special occasions where we go out to eat. We have my ice cream that I absolutely love, and my body uses those calories instead of immediately storing it into body fat. So that's the difference here. When you prioritize resistance training, your body prioritizes muscle, whether keeping muscle or growing muscle, and getting rid of body fat. So as long as you're eating enough protein and prioritizing resistance training, your body's gonna choose to burn body fat instead, which is gonna end up with the look that you're wanting. Because a lot of people end up with this shape to them, which they you usually classify it as skinny fat, where you just look like a smaller version of what you started with, with loose, saggy skin. Your health can de- deteriorate. You can lose uh, bone density. You can lose muscle, which ends up a lot of different complications um, in the future. And which definitely reminds me, I don't know if you, if you guys put out prayers, put out good thoughts. I do have a client here. Um, his wife is struggling pretty bad right now. She struggles with Parkinson's and a lot of other issues due to bone loss, due to muscle loss, sarcopenia as she, she grew older. And there's a lot of health complications right now that she's gonna get ready and go into surgery in December. And I know a lot of us know the complications that can come with surgery, especially as you're older, especially when you have very little muscle mass on your body. 
a lot of things uh, could not go uh, the right way. So definitely put out some thoughts and prayers for her. Um, but all this can result in not taking your care of your body now when you have the opportunity, when you have the opportunity to keep muscle on your body. Um, so definitely it's a super important aspect, not to only changing the physical aspects of your body, but improving mental health and improving your health for the future. Because we always talk about you either pay for it now or you pay or you're forced to pay for it later in one way, shape or form. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your story on IG or Facebook and tag me on IG at Kaylee Montoya Fitness or on Facebook at Kaylee Montoya Houston so I can reach out and thank you personally. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcast from. This greatly helps the show grow so we can help more people reach their own health and fitness goals. Yeah, I I, I was kind of reading the comments oh, yeah. there and PJ said that she thought Alan slowing down would be beneficial for him. And I think that's important to note that even in progressive overload, no matter how you're doing it, you should be doing slow controlled reps. You need to watch that tempo. Tempo is also very important and also very understated as far as like weightlifting and technique. You should be aiming for at least a two to one ratio, which is that two second eccentric, one second concentric. One to one's not terrible, but you still need to be slow and controlled. You don't want to pump through it. We're not we're not gonna lift weights like with five pound dumbbells like Jane Fonda used to do in the eighties. <laughs> We, we want to really make sure that we're doing the move with intention. So making sure we have that slow tempo, the way you're slow controlled down. You don't want the gravity to let the gravity just drop it to your chest. You want to get maximized that you can out of that eccentric as well, because if you can control the eccentric on the way down, you will see gains from that as well, because those muscles have to fight against gravity. Definitely. And you will notice a lot more soreness from really focusing on that eccentric motion. So you're thinking the lowering of the squat or even like when you do a simple arm curl. So you come up one second, one, two on the way down. Believe me, if you do 10 pounds and you can easily do 10 reps at 10 pounds, try slowing it down and you will be sweating and shaking by the time you get to that 10th rep. So hopefully you guys will take some of these tips and go implement them into your own training um, if you're part of the holiday accountability challenge, guys, I gave away a 15 minute a day workout to you guys. Even if you're not part of the challenge, it is posted in the group. So if you're watching this video and you missed that, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pin it to the feature, uh, on the top of the page. So you guys have access to it, but it's going to give you access to a Google drive folder. It has the workouts. It has a video of me explaining the workouts and how to do them. So you know exactly what to do. Every single one of those exercises has a link to a video for you to follow step-by-step step of a demo to make sure you're doing it right. And it's also gonna link the habit tracker. So if you guys wanna join now, it's not too late just cause you didn't get in day one. And I would love it if you guys start being a little bit more active in this participation. Um, I know there's not any money incentive this time. And so I know there's not quite as much push but it is the holidays, it is the time of the year where I feel like we need the most accountability. So definitely keep in track, post in maybe one of your ends, whether it's mindset, mouth, or movement. If you crushed it that day, if you're struggling, don't be afraid to admit that. Because I know a lot of us are struggling right now 
trying to hit all of those things. And I know deep down when we don't get to color in that box, the last thing we want to do is share it with people because we feel like a failure. But there is no such thing as failure if you continue. Quitting is failure. But as long as you're not quitting, as long as you're trying to be as consistent as you can be, that's what this challenge is about. It is never about being perfect. And again, ask any of the clients on here. We talk about this continuously. And I am probably one of the worst at feeling like I need to be perfect, whether it's in my relationship, whether it's in my own physical journey, whether it's in my own food journey, like I struggle with it 100%. But being in here, showing you my journey, talking about it helps me. Let it help you as well. Help us all get through this holiday season without gaining anything so we can start crushing those fat loss goals in January. But what happens when you strive to be perfect in everything? I get overwhelmed. What else happens? I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to answer. Shit usually goes wrong. <laughs> yes, very much so. Something gets misunderstood, something, usually I just get super stressed out. And then what happens? I shut down. And then what happens? Something goes wrong. <laughs> I think I answered pattern? correctly. <laughs> yes. Okay, Alan, struggling, I admit it. My allergies have made it hell. And thrown, I'm guessing thrown, thrown me off so much. And that's true, especially when we have different, watch out, bud, watch out, you're gonna knock over the camera. Uh, especially when we have health issues like that. So it's just not allowing yourself to adapt and not have to be, so maybe like your movement goal uh, was to do that 15 more workout every single day. Allowing yourself to adapt that. If you're having a migraine or if you can't breathe and do a workout, it's not going to be beneficial to you but maybe you take some self-care. Maybe you read a book. Maybe you walk around your house if you can't get outside because it, it's freezing. Um, allowing yourself to be, like I said, adapting that and not just thinking, oh, if I can't do this, I'm not gonna do anything at all. Because when we go to that all or nothing thinking, that's when we end up not being able to be consistent and just feeling like failures and giving in. A lot of us are struggling right now. I see it keep popping up that if people are struggling yeah. A lot of us are struggling, especially this week, and you may not realize it because everybody gets excited for fall back because you get an extra hour of sleep. You get an extra hour of sleep for one night, yeah. and that's Sunday night because the clocks, when they hit two, mm -hmm. they go backwards. And so you do the one o'clock hour basically twice. Wait, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you get an extra hour of sleep, but what happens is the rest of the week, you get shittier sleep. It may seem like you're sleeping. It may seem like you're doing well, but chances are you don't feel as rested. You feel wiped out. You feel exhausted. It's because your circadian rhythm is not yet adjusted. Yes, you got an extra hour of sleep on Sunday, but your circadian rhythm is still messed up. I don't know about you, but I've been awake at 4.30 every freaking morning because my body still thinks it's 5.30, but I'm still going to bed at the same time every night. So my sleep quality this last week has been down, and that is exactly why. Because everybody's like, yes, fall back. But it, it's only beneficial for one day. That first week going back, it's it's terrible. Because you're not, you think you're getting the same amount of sleep. But chances are you're not. And it's not as good quality. Because your body starts waking itself up at your normal time. Which is an hour before when you should be waking up. So a lot of you are struggling. When you're not sleeping well, you're going to have issues with hunger. You're going to have issues with cravings. You're going to have a harder time managing your stress. You're going to have a harder time with motivation. All of these things are going to make it more difficult for you. 
But I can tell you, it is possible to do it. It is possible to stay on track. A lot of it just comes in these habits that Kaylee's trying to talk to you guys about. I haven't wanted to get up every day and work out, but it's my habit. So I get up every day, I go to the gym, I work out, I get my lift in, I go to work, I do what I have to do. Some days I don't like it. I know a lot of you see Kaylee and I, and we think, you guys think, man, they just love working out. We do. Most days. We do, most days, and we are passionate about it. But there are some days that I wake up and I'm like, I do not want to go to the gym. I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like working out. I hate this program. Sometimes I pick out a program to do, and I hate it. It's just work. You've got to put in the work. You've got to get it done. And I know it can be done. I I have a client right now. I'm going to brag about her. She has how many? Four kids? Mm-hmm. Four kids. Single mom. Full-time job. And I've bragged about her before being down. Before it was like 36 inches total. Cumulative on her body. We just did measurements last week. And we are down 47 total inches on her body. And she's down still only about... 20 pounds 10 pounds not 20 not 20 maybe maybe closer to 15 pounds yeah 15 pounds but we're down 47 inches all over her body small child right the length of a small child on her body is now gone like i just want that to sink into you guys that 15 pounds that's almost four foot yeah yeah but she's prioritizing resistance training being she consistent the protein she does she she hits her protein goals and that makes or breaks this journey if you were eating under 100 grams of protein i'm sorry your fat loss is not going to stay it, it just truly won't you have to be eating 100 plus grams of protein if you want to succeed with fat loss and not have struggles and not have health issues but my point is and i'm not bragging to try to rub it into you guys my ultimate point is here is she has four kids she's a single mom She struggles with severe PTSD, so her sleep, she gets next to no sleep a lot of nights, but that's her normal, and she's finding other ways. If you can't check every single box, the sleep, the stress, if you can't check it all, you have to maximize the ones you can check off and do what you can with the other ones. Nobody's going to be perfect. Stress is not a high point for me. I'm a high-stress person. I always have been, so I just do what I can to maximize the rest of it and then just work with what i can on the stress so she's getting not as much sleep as i'd like her to definitely not quality sleep obviously with uh, high anxiety and poor kids stress is going to play into part but she's checking off her boxes she's getting her workouts in she gets her steps in she kills her her protein and her nutrition she's checking all of the other boxes and it shows she's just crushing her journey so everybody is capable of doing this we just have to sometimes find what are the areas in our life that are low-hanging fruit that are easy to check off and once you get to where you're repeatedly checking off those boxes because they're the easier ones then you need to tackle one of the harder boxes whether it's stress management or sleep or maybe it's workouts or whatever it is but you got to do the low-hanging fruit first get those consecutively and consistently and then start adding in the harder habits. And eventually you'll get close to what Kaylee said was perfect. Exactly. And as we're talking, I know you, I, I love that you guys are supporting uh, this client and she is crushing it. But I also want you to take into consideration this is her journey, not yours. 
So everyone's progress is different. And I, I'm only saying this, bringing this up because I did have a client recently tell me that, you know, when she onboarded, she saw some testimonials, she saw some photos and she has seen tremendous results in her journey when it comes to her health, her lifestyle, her body, her inches, her weight. But she compared those numbers to the photos and to the numbers of previous clients. Yet that client's not in their shoes. This client was like six inches taller. This client was a different age. This client was maybe not going through some of the health and digestive complications that this other client was. So we have to be patient and we have to understand that we're only comparing our results to how we were six months before, three months before, two weeks prior. You can't look at the photos you see me share on here and be disappointed in yourself. I'm sharing these photos to show you that it can be done. The process works, but just really keep in mind that everybody's journey is unique and that patience is key. I know Julie shared something on Friday talking about 90% of the problem that we have in our journeys is patience and not being patient enough and understanding that the change will come if we put in these habits, if we grab those low hanging fruit, which is what this accountability holiday challenge is all about. It's the low hanging fruit. It's building in those habits because we have to have those habits in place before you just focus on fat loss alone, because some of us make what may get quick results, but they never last. And that's why a lot of you are here today is because you've tried a lot of different things. You've tried a lot of different fad diets. You've tried a lot of different medications and things like that and saw results, but you didn't do it in a way that changed your behavior, that changed your thinking, that set you up with good habits to keep it in the long run. But so, sorry, that went on a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think it is important though to note that you can't look at somebody else's pictures and compare yourself because it's, yeah. as I've said before, it's not a buffet line. You don't get to cherry pick what you're, if you want to compare yourself to somebody, you need to compare absolutely everything. Your hormones, you need to do blood panels, and your hormones need to be exactly the same numbers as theirs. Your DNA needs to exactly match theirs. Because I guarantee if you actually do it that way, it's not an equal comparison. No. But if you can't compare everything, and I mean absolutely everything, apples to apples, it's not a good comparison for you. And you need to not do that. Because studies have shown that even identical twins if one's high stress and I mean, they can be eating the exact same way they can do everything, but sometimes somebody has a gut condition and one twin has it and the other one doesn't. One has high stress, the other one doesn't. One would be overweight, one would be skinny. Everything, their DNA will be exactly the same and they're not even equal. So you can't look at other people's photos. You can't look at other people's numbers and compare. If you want a good I, example of how numbers lie to you, Here's a good one for you. Look at Kaylee and I. Kaylee and I weigh just about the exact same body weight. I actually weigh probably about eight pounds more than you do right now. Okay, she weighs about eight pounds more than I do right now. Yeah. But she looks a lot leaner than me, but she's what, five inches taller than me? Yeah, I'm six foot. She's five inches taller than me. So I'm shorter and I look stockier, probably more muscular maybe more of a, like a power lifter type build. And Kaylee looks like she should be like a marathon runner because she's tall and lean. <laughs> but we weigh, at, I mean, not long ago, we did weigh the same amount, but it's there. We look totally different. Our body styles are totally different. So you have to remember that what 150 on one person may not look like 150 on another. And 
I mean, you just have to remember all these things. You cannot compare. I also have all my natural hormones still, and Julie's had a hysterectomy, so my hormones are a lot different <laughs> than hers. But guys, we've taken up a lot of your time on this cold, oh, chilly Saturday morning, and Terry, you are welcome. Uh, we'll take you to church any day. <laughs> and I'm just glad you think it's so powerful. And all like I said, we just speak the truth, and we speak to what we have heard clients struggle with and how we've helped them in the past. And we hope to be able to help all of you who take time out of your day to listen to us educate, listen to us ramble. So we appreciate that. So I'm like, we've been talking for 30 minutes and you guys have stayed on listening to us. And that shows us a lot. I mean, that you guys give us your time because time is super valuable. <laughs> Alan says, he looks like I could shred a tough mutter. I'd like to sit her through one of those. Just really the ones that have the shocky things in them. I'll watch. Yeah. No. There's one, guys, that speaks of next year. There's one they hold at Pitt State. We should totally get a KM Fitness, a Phoenix Rising group. What is it called? Is it the Gorilla Dash? Yeah, the Gorilla Dash. I think it happens in April. So let's start planning now. April, the Gorilla Dash. Let's get a group together, go have fun, and go through some obstacles. Except if there's anything or I have to go under dark, murky water, I'm out. Totally out. Were you going to mention the possibility of what you and Tara talked about yesterday? About getting a team together? Or what we're doing today? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, definitely, guys. Uh, We're heading to, sorry, I promise this is the last thing, and I'll let you guys go. (laughs) Oh, yes, Alan's in for the Gorilla Dash. Yes, let's go. Um, I know Tara and I, we met for lunch the other day, had an amazing two-hour talk that felt like lasted like 20 minutes um, at Toast. And uh, we are actually going to an escape room today with Julie's parents, but there is one in Kansas City at Union Station that allows like 14 to 16 players in if anyone's down for a weekend trip to Kansas City for like a team building experience, like I think that would be something amazing, amazing to do as well. I think it's like 30, 30, 35. I don't know. A we piece. can even just go to Joplin. We can go to Joplin, but I know you have to have smaller. I think their max is like six people. So even if we could get like a group of six of us to go over in Joplin, it's a, it's a 30 minute trip from here. We should do that too, because that. That would be really fun. We lost well. the escape room yeah. last weekend. You didn't feel like a about kid what again. You did last weekend. We haven't talked to anybody. Oh yeah, but we've already gone too long today, <clears throat> so I'm not going to keep you guys on here any longer. But hopefully, you guys would be interested in something like that. But it definitely makes you feel like a kid again, and you really have to cooperate and think and teamwork. It's fun. But all right, guys, that would be fun. I've never done one, then yes, we definitely need we to do it. We did our first last weekend, and I was yeah. nervous at first, and then afterwards I was like, can we do it again? Yeah, we made it out with like six minutes to spare, I think, barely. So, but it was only two of us, though, so that's pretty yeah. impressive. It yeah. was fun. Yeah, it was fun. So we should talk about that more, too, in the group and get something together, possibly maybe after the holiday season, of course. But all right, guys, have a wonderful Saturday. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Rising. For more information on how to take charge of your fitness goals, follow me on IG or Facebook, or you can head over to KayleeMontoyaFitness.com to apply for a free coaching call today. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, shoot me an email to KayleeMontoyaFitness at gmail.com. Don't forget to catch us on the next episode.